1: Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. Hopefully, you all are doing well. A busy show ahead. Our opponent preview series rolls on today. We are going to be joined by Andy Garcia, the sideline reporter for Northern Illinois Husky football broadcast. Had some great thoughts on what NIU will bring as BYU gets ready to face off against them in a new venue. I guess the new old venue. We'll talk a little bit about that. With Andy Garcia on today's podcast. We'll also get to our player countdown series as we talk about the best Cougar to have won the number 56 in BYU history. So a lot to get to on a busy Thursday edition of the show. And without further ado, let's get to it here. Quick reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by our good friends at both rockauto.com and Biomat USA. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. All right, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 9th, 2020. Thank you. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to on a Thursday edition of the show, but one thing to note before we get going here is I appreciate you guys, all of your support. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. And I mentioned a couple days ago that we're going to do a giveaway for some BYU gear that I've collected if you guys will leave us ratings and reviews four of you have done so for so far on Apple podcasts in particular, that's kind of where I'm kind of aiming for people to leave us ratings and reviews, leave us a five star rating, leave us a thought on what you like about the podcast, what can be improved, et cetera. No comment is out of bounds, I feel like, and if you guys do that, we're going to include you guys into the raffle for some of this BYU gear in the coming days. I'm looking forward to giving away some of this stuff, so hopefully you guys will be doing that. To the four of you who sent those reviews in over the last couple of days, a big thank you in advance and a, a request for the rest of you to do so. And The people that have already sent in reviews in the past, that's not going to keep you from... Getting your name in that raffle. We'll be sure to let you guys have an opportunity to win as well. So stay tuned for that in coming days and weeks. We'll get to that, some of that gear giveaway. And just to make sure you leave us those ratings and reviews. It really does help us build the audience here on the podcast. All right, before we get to our featured interview today with uh, Andy Garcia from NIU Football Broadcast, he's the sideline reporter, we do need to get to our player countdown series today. 56 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season. It looks more and more likely that I am uh, chasing a fool's errand with this countdown, thinking that we're going to play football in 56 days with BYU and Utah to kick off the year. But, Hey, it's fun to do anyways, and I'm going to continue to do the countdown regardless if we hear that college football is being uh, pushed back, etc. The Ivy League, as you probably read, has decided to cancel all fall sports, and there will be no collegiate athletic activity for the Ivy League until at least January 1st, 2021. How that will affect programs at the FBS level, the FCS level, uh, outside of the Ivy League, we're going to find out in the coming month, I feel like it's kind of the timeline we're looking at here. And I don't know ultimately what will happen, but it very much could affect BYU. Also, some reports out there, Tom Hart from the Big Ten Network, if I'm not mistaken, saying that the Big Ten is going to go for a 10-game conference-only game schedule that will be spread over 13 to 14 weeks to allow for flexibility. John Wilner from the Bay Area News Group, or the San Jose Mercury News, covers the Pac-12 as well as anybody, also saying that the Pac-12 is very much looking at a conference game-only schedule. If that were to happen between those two conferences, that would take away the entire first month of BYU's schedule, as sad as it is to say, because they're scheduled to play against Utah, against Arizona State, Minnesota, and Michigan State in the first month of the season in September. And guess what? Those four programs are members of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So if it comes to pass, BYU very much can find themselves scrambling to put a schedule together. I've talked about this in the past. BYU may have to really go home and home with multiple of their fellow independents or maybe go to the Mountain West and say, hey, we'd like to pick up a game here or there if you guys have them. Same thing with the Pac-12. The travel issue is obviously going to be something that's going to need to be taken into into account but it very much is looking more and more likely that BYU could find themselves as an odd man out having to scramble to put together a schedule of games. And I, Man, I don't know what to think of that, and we'll find out how things go. I'm going to start talking to some people around the BYU football program and see if I can get a little more of a vibe of what they feel, kind of what they're looking at as they get ready uh, for the coming season and how they're going to go about scrambling, if they have to, to put another schedule together. And it, We'll see, I, I, I don't know. I, I just look at it and I feel like it's a it's a it's a very fluid situation. I guess we'll go with that. And uh, so there's still plenty that could change in the next month or so before the final call is made on what's going to happen here. But you hope that BYU, and I expect that they have, and I've talked about this in the past, I'm guaranteeing that Tom Homo and the rest of the BYU Athletic Administration have had multiple contingency plans in place for some time now. They're probably always altering them due to different uh, circumstances, et cetera. But I would expect that they'll be ready to go if and when the season is is set to start. And If they have to, they will scramble and put a schedule together. It's just an interesting thought of, okay, what ultimately are they gonna have to do? How many games will they lose and have to reschedule with other opponents? That's all on the table at this point. And we'll be sure to cover it for you guys as we hear about it in the coming days and weeks. And I feel like the final decision is going to come at the end of this month, July 31st, right around then, early August, right before the training camps are officially start to open. You're gonna get a final call from most of the football programs around the country of we're in, we're playing, when we're playing is it conference only mode? Whatever it might be, so there's plenty to look at with that, and we'll, like I said, we'll be sure to cover it for you as we hear about it on this podcast because we're going every day with you guys talking BYU sports. All right, uh, real quick, let's get to our player countdown series today. Fifty six days away. Like I said, I feel like it's a little bit of a fool's errand to this point, but regardless, it's a ton of fun to talk about some of the BYU legends who have worn their respective numbers. In BYU history, number fifty-six is actually the last number it appears that will have all football players as finalists for some time here. Uh, tomorrow we get to day fifty-five. That means guys like Hafa Arujo from the BYU men's basketball program's history will be in the mix as some of the finalists here. So start mixing in basketball, baseball. Uh, the thing about this player countdown series, it's not limited to just football. We are counting down towards BYU football kicking off their season, but it's not limited to having just football players on the list. We already had Ianette Leigh as a uh, number 66 as our, as our pick as the greatest Cougar to have worn that number in BYU history. So, a lot of fun with that. But today, David number 56, you guys had some great thoughts on this. And I have to give you guys credit. Uh, Tijon Chromo was a finalist on today's list. And Tijon was the most recent player to have made the list. And obviously, he took the bevy of the fan vote, just over 50% of the vote. I think actually, creeping up, looks like almost 54% of the vote. Uh, and not surprising. Uh, Tijon, a four-year starter, a freshman All-American, really was a great player. He's gone on to play a little bit of professional football in both the Alliance of American Football and the XFL before both of those leagues folded. Had some time on the injured reserve with the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of BYU, and he was a great player for BYU. There's absolutely no doubt. He's a guy that you could rely on to... You knew what you are getting from him. He was just a stalwart center for BYU. James MP has really picked up where he left off. And it's been really nice, for, I think, for the BYU football program to have that continuity at the pivot. And you just look at it and you think, okay, this is an opportunity for a guy like that to really uh, make some hay with BYU fans. But other finalists on this list included uh, former defensive end Ed Keel. Another defensive end in Travis Hall, who played for BYU in the early 1990s, and another offensive lineman in Lloyd Eldridge, who played in the late 70s to early 80s. All four of these players were great players in their own right. Had Tijon played in an era where there was a conference for BYU, would have been an all-conference center. There's no doubt about it. All these other players were all-conference, some of them with honorable mention, all-American citations. Tijon Kroma, like I said, takes the fan vote, but my pick today is Travis Hall. Travis Hall might be the most underappreciated star BYU defensive end I have ever seen in my entire life. I have fleeting memories of him. I was still relatively young when he started out his BYU career, but then when he finished up his career it was right when I was really starting to understand what BYU football was all about as becoming a fan, etc. cetera. And he was a great player. For the Cougars, underappreciated for everything he did. He goes on to a 10-year NFL career playing in the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. Also spent a year with the San Francisco 49ers. And he is a guy that for everything he did in a BYU uniform, you almost feel like he is just completely ignored when it comes to the history books about BYU football. A standout defensive lineman, just was an absolute beast on the field, and I enjoyed watching him play. I think many of you who voted for him in this poll probably enjoyed watching him play as well. And he got, uh, I think he was finished in second place here. Yeah, just uh, just beating out Ed Keel with just over twenty percent of the vote. Travis Hall. Uh, Ed Keel also showed out very well. He actually took over essentially when Travis Hall left and Ed Keel will forever have that audible call that he made that led to the game-sealing interception in the Cotton Bowl for BYU. And you just look at it, uh, there's some great finalists on this list, but my pick today is Travis Hall as the best Cougar to have worn that uniform. Just was an absolute standout athlete. Had all kinds of statistics. He was blocking punts. He blocked a punt, actually, in the 1992 Holy War game that sealed the victory away from Utah in that. Uh, just, man, you look at it, and the things he did in a BYU uniform, you think he'd be more appreciated and more highly thought of by BYU fans. Uh Vanquish the Foe back in the day did a great write-up on all some of these great players. And Travis Hall in this says, Hall is likely the only BYU player in history to have a blocked punt and field goal, sack, interception, forced fumble, fumble recovery, and a fumble return for a touchdown during their career. Uh, they mentioned that Kyle Van Noy is very close here, but I don't think he ever blocked a field goal, and I think they're right about that. So Travis Hall, my pick today, is the best cougar to win in the number 56, but I don't think you could go wrong with any of these players. Ed Killigray player, Lloyd Eldridge, a standout offensive lineman, and T John a four-year starter at offensive line for BYU at center. Some great players. There's absolutely no doubt. But I'm picking Travis Hall today is my favorite Cougar, or my my pick as the best Cougar to have won the number 56 in BYU history. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll get to our opponent preview series. We're going to talk about the NIU Huskies, Northern Illinois. Uh, interesting program. Have a new head coach as of last year. How different are they from the last time that BYU saw them in a pitiful 7-6 to six loss for the Cougars? Well, we're going to talk with our sideline reporter, Andy Garcia, coming up here in just a second. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute today and tell you about our good friends once again at rockauto.com. There's been a great story floating around the Locked On Podcast Network. One of our hosts down there in New Orleans covering the Saints actually lost the tailgate to his truck. Well, if you need a new tailgate for your truck, guess where you should go? RockAuto.com. You need a new motor motor oil for your car? RockAuto.com. You need a new tail light? You need a new hood for your vehicle? Whatever you need for your car, truck or SUV, RockAuto.com is your source for it. Reliably low prices, they're online uh, Process is absolutely phenomenal. They have every manufacturer for your make and model. You can look them up by manufacturer. You can look them up by price. You can look them up by whatever specifications you're looking for for your vehicle. That's what Rock Auto is specializing at. This is a 20-year-old company, a family-owned company who has been doing this business for a long time. They're trusted, and they will make sure you are taken care of. Whatever you need for your vehicle rockauto.com they have it for you guys and you get it at a reliably low price and the best part of it all it's shipped directly to your door check it out go to rockauto.com stop on by check out whatever you need for your vehicle Make your selections and make sure when they ask, hey, how did you hear about us? Enter locked on in the the box there to let them know that locked on Cougar sent you. So that way they know where where you are coming from. Like I said, rockauto.com, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need, regardless if it's a classic muscle car, your daily driver, your uh, BMW, and I mean BMW in the big Mormon wagon sense. A lot of us here around the state of Utah know exactly what I'm talking about. Check it out, guys. It's rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all of the parts your car will ever need that's our good friends at rockauto.com a proud partner with partner with us here on locked on cougars and the locked on podcast network
0: it's kubota orange day shop the years best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: Let's get to our opponent preview series. It rolls on today with the Northern Illinois Huskies, a new head coach as of last year, and Thomas Hammock, an alum of NIU. How are they going to look when BYU travels out to DeKalb to face off against the Huskies? Actually, one note for you guys. I recorded this interview with Andy Garcia, the sideline reporter for NIU Football Broadcast, and literally minutes after we hung up, after we had knocked out an interview, an email came out from Northern Illinois announcing that BYU, the game against the Huskies, was being moved back from SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, which is just outside of Chicago, Illinois, back to the Husky Stadium in DeKalb their home field speaking of NIU so we had to take a part of this interview out apologies for that but still a great interview nonetheless you'll learn a lot about what Thomas Hammock the new head coach has brought to DeKalb as the as the Huskies head coach a lot about what to expect from the personnel for NIU so without further ado here you go part one of my conversation with Andy Garcia NIU sideline reporter on Northern Illinois football broadcasts Andy thanks for taking the time to join us Jay, great to be with you, and it's just great talking football, man. Looking forward to it. I think that's I think it's a good thing to talk football, absolutely, but let's talk about that exact phrase right now. A lot of people <laughs> around the country are all kind of wondering, are we going to have football this fall? What's the vibe around the Huskies program with that?
2: Yeah, right now it looks like everything's good. From the latest we've heard from our athletic director, and uh, we've got players on campus uh, getting tested, having the voluntary workouts, have not heard anything uh bad. Seems like everything's going well, and it seems like, uh, you know, having those workouts is a good sign. And not heard anything positive, or not heard anything bad about anything happening. So, I think all signs are good right now uh, on campus here at NIU, and that uh, we're moving forward. And it's hoping to hear better news. Hopefully, the country continues to hopefully get better, and uh, you know, see some cases go down. But right now, it's it's full steam ahead for NIU football.
1: NIU uh, had a coaching change last year. T- Thomas Hammock comes back as an NIU alum from the NFL to take over as head coach. How did his first year go overall? In your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think I, every you know first year head coach Jake is going to have some learning curves, right? Um, coach Hammock came from the NFL, uh, you know, working with the Ravens to back to his alma mater and IU and, and you, he had some weapons and he had some um, some players to work with and he had a team that comes from a winning tradition, Jake. A, a team that's won MAC championships and I think he felt his way and his coaches learned what it was like to be Division One football and learn positives and negatives throughout the year and each team's going to go through some injuries and some some setbacks and I think for him it was a good year to learn what it's like to be back on a campus. Uh, and coach and recruit. Uh, They didn't get to a ball game. The Huskies finished five and seven his first year, but I think, you know, playing some younger guys, uh, getting his program the way he wants the program to be built, uh, Jake is gonna take a couple years, but I think he learned a lot. Coach Chiamec learned a lot his first year. I think he learned what it meant to be a head coach at the D1 level and what it takes to win. And being a mid-major like what the MAC is, just learning what it takes to keep what NIU has done, but also put his mark on the program. And I think he learned a lot in his first year last year.
1: How big was the victory for NIU when they came back here to Provo and beat the Cougars at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? It was ugly. Yes, yeah, it, so it was pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah. I mean,
2: but uh, a seven-six win, uh, you know, turned into a defensive. Effort. I know BYU was going around with some quarterbacks at that time, too. But um, NIU's defense wasn't bad at that point back in uh, 2018. But, yeah, it was a game that, you know, NIU has built itself, too, Jake, on getting wins against other conferences. They've got wins against the Big Ten. Uh, they've got wins a couple out of the SEC. Uh, and they get one against BYU, a, a traditional football team like that to go out uh, and get a win like that. Yeah, that was a big moment. Uh, that was a they call them uh, boneyard wins, uh, boneyard victories, and that was a, a a big boneyard victory. Go out to BYU with the travel to go out there and get a win like that. Ugly or not, uh, to get out there and get a W, it, it at least uh, again kind of prove what the MAC was been like a little bit too. Some teams in the MAC went out and getting some wins outside the conference, but also for NIU, uh, it, this is nothing new. Jake, that NIU has gone out of conference and gotten wins, and uh, yeah, they were proud of it. I I, I remember being out there. It was a, it was a fun moment to to have everyone kind of you know at the end have pictures of the scoreboard and the whole team come back out and get pictures. Uh, they they put a lot into that game and it showed. And uh, I know NIU was very proud to get that win
1: talking here with Andy Garcia he's the sideline reporter for Northern Illinois football Andy let's talk a little more about the personnel for Northern Illinois this year a name that some BYU fans may be familiar with because he's a guy from the west coast is Ross Bowers Uh, of course the senior quarterback now for Northern Illinois a transfer from Cal is he going to be the guy this year or did his injuries last year preclude him from maybe or actually make him have to win his job back coming into this season
2: no, I think we all think that Ross Bowers will be the number one going into camp and, and going into the season. I think he's proven he won uh, the battle last year uh, against Marcus Childers, who was with the quarterback coming back. Bowers came in to that competition last year, won it. He started out, he won games. Um, he, he's the guy. Uh, he's got the experience, as you mentioned, being from Cal. He's been in some big games out there. Now he's kind of tasted the waters in the Mac. He kind of knows uh, what to get from here. Yes, he had to go through some injuries, but he showed his toughness too, Jake. He showed this guy um, can play some football, he's not scared of anything. And I think the team has confidence and Ross moving into this season that he's gotten that one season under his belt here at NIU. Now a senior has an opportunity to expand on what he did last year. He's got all, uh, you know, he's got all you know, the techniques of a quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He can throw it in like a dart. Um, I think he needs some help from his offense this year, get some weapons, find some out weapons on the outside. Uh, NIU is always going to be known as a running team first, Jake, but Ross has shown the potential to throw the long ball, throw it deep. He's got that mid-range throw. No, I think the NIU is happy with Ross coming back and, and being their number one at the start.
1: Seems like the running back position is going to be, at least on paper, a by-committee approach. Do they think they have somebody on the roster who can emerge as kind of that lead guy?
2: No, I think you mentioned, I think there's some guys that they feel like they've got coming in. I mean, you've got Jordan Nettles and some guys coming back, but they've got some freshmen, uh, Javon Ducker out of Nebraska that they feel uh, excited about, Rondarius Gregory, a redshirt freshman. Uh, they want to run the ball that's what coach Hammack uh, is a pro set offense he wants to run the ball first it, all his offense starts with the, the play action or and moving the ball and, and running the football they want to get that game that running game going and yeah i think at the start you going to have to you're going to see different backs get opportunities with niu to see who can step up Um, but if they can find that one or two guys that can do the job, that's what they're looking for. They want somebody to show up and say, hey, who wants the job? Who wants to be our number one running back? Um, There's some youth back there, but I also think they've got some speed and some talent that they're excited to get into the program. Now, what that means moving forward, we don't know yet. We've got to find out what happens in camp, but there's an opportunity at the running back position here at NIU that if you show what you've got, and you show the toughness, and Coach Hammock always talks about doing your job, if you show what you can do and you can prove it, I think there's an opportunity to kind of get yourself up in that ladder uh, in the running back room.
1: You mentioned when you talking about uh, Ross Bowers trying to find some options on the outside. Is Cole Tucker kind of the lead guy at receiver? Do they have other names that you're expecting to step up there?
2: Yeah, Tucker's the one that'll stand out to you. He, he's got the most – experience, Uh, local guy from DeKalb, Illinois. He's going to be a redshirt junior. He's that guy, if it's third down, you need to catch, that's who they're looking for. He can make the tough catch. He'll get you, if you need third and eight, he'll get you the nine yards on the catch. Um, He's a smart Receiver, and that's what I'm saying about it. He need him in a clutch. Um, he's gonna make a catch. And other guys we've seen is Michael Love, um, you know Tyros Tyrese Richie was a guy who's got some speed, uh, a six foot guy out of Chicago. Dennis Robinson, a tall guy, Jake, six five. But he's got to get more familiar. He's got to, he's gonna have opportunities. You know, you, when you get a guy who's six five, and um, you know, when you have an opportunity to have that type of height, you're hoping that he can kind of turn into a receiver that you can and go up and get some balls. You know what I mean? Just fifty fifty balls. So I know Robinson's been working hard. Um, those are the guys that you know that NIE needs to step up. This wasn't enough playmaking on the outside last year with the receivers, and Tucker made all the catches he needed to. He's gonna need some help. He needs Richie or Love and some other guys to make some plays for him, separate themselves from the defenders. They need to get some openings. Uh, They need to – help Ross Bowers, whoever the quarterback is, help him in some situations if he needs a bailout. Or is it just a one-on-one move to to help um, get some space? They need something more from the receivers uh, this year. That will help NIU open up the run game because I think what was happening, Jake, is teams were boxing in so much against the run because they weren't worried as much about the receivers mm-hmm. and getting open and, and, and making huge plays. I think teams are more boxing in a little bit, and I you need some of those receivers to open up some of that offense that'll help the run game.
1: Alright, there you go. Some thoughts on Thomas Hammock as well as the offensive playmakers for Northern Illinois. We'll get to more of the defense here in just a minute. Uh, great conversation as well as what success would look like for Northern Illinois this coming season. More with Andy Garcia in a moment. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute today and tell you about our good friends at Biomat USA, guys. Biomat USA is a plasma donation center that collects plasma from donors that goes into life-saving medications for people with low immune systems as well as plasma therapy for burn victims and also research into additional usages of plasma. That research right now is focused solely, I feel like, and probably is in other things, but there's a big focus right now on COVID-19, obviously. With the pandemic raging, there's a lot of hope that maybe uh, convalescent plasma, as they call it, people who donate plasma who have either had COVID-19 and recovered from it or didn't know they had it, had it, got the antibodies in their system, their plasma holds the keys to what might help defeat this insidious virus. Well, guess what? Biomat and their parent company, Griffles, I apologize for stumbling there, they're looking for people to donate right now if you know you have those antibodies or you've had COVID-19. It's a critical need right now, guys, regardless of whatever your circumstance may be. They need donations of plasma, like I said, for people with burn victims, other life-saving medications, but more importantly, the fight against COVID-19. Biomat USA would love to help you guys out, and they'll actually even reward you financially for stopping by. The more you donate in a month, the more money you make with Biomat USA. Where they're located is in Orem, a really convenient location. If you know where University Mall is, right there on State Street and University Parkway, they're right across the street. Street uh, right across State Street. If you know where the Sizzler is at, uh, the Best Buy, it's all in that general vicinity. Milo Board, Sport, you'll, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 349 East University Parkway is the technical address if you want to stop on by. They're open from the early morning to the late evening, so they have availability for you to stop by and donate your plasma whenever it is convenient for you. The best part is, like I said, they are paying you for donating your plasma, so you can put some money into your pocket and get rewarded for going out there and helping out your fellow men. USA, like I said, they need your donations today. There's a critical, urgent need, especially if you have had COVID-19 and recovered, or you suspect you might have had it, and maybe you have those antibodies in your plasma that could help fight off this virus. Obviously, obviously it's a novel virus. We're learning a lot about it, well, Griffles and Biomat USA need your donations if at all possible. So stop on by 349 East University Parkway in Orem. You can call them as well, 801-235-9800 if you have more questions. That's 801 235 9, That's our good friends at Biomat USA. They need your do- plasma donations, so stop by and let them know that Locked On Cougars sent you when you stop in. That's plasma donations with Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orm. Phone number 801 235 9800. That's Biomat USA, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles
1: All right, guys, part two of my conversation with Andy Garcia from Northern Illinois Football Broadcast, their sideline reporter, starts right now. Flipping over to the defensive side of things, it looks like the linebacking core comes back pretty much intact from last year. Am I wrong in that assumption?
2: You are not wrong. They're legit. I mean, they're really legit, Jake. They're a top-notch linebacking core, not just in the conference. Uh, they're good, man. And I, I'm, I'll just bring on some of the names. Uh, we've got like Calphew, the middle mm-hmm. linebacker. Yeah. Now he's gone through some injuries. But the guy's a stud. Kyle Pugh, if he can stay healthy, he's top-notch, man. Nick Bertine as another linebacker. Um, Vinny Labus has gotten some playing time. Lance DeVoe is coming off an injury. Jordan Cole got a lot of playing time. The linebacking core, they're backed up. The top three are legit. The guys that come behind them are just as good, Jake. And a lot of those guys got playing time because of some injuries last year. So it helped. But if you have their top-notch guys like DeBoe and Pew, Routine, I can even add in there too. Those are the guys that are starting. they got a lot of playing time. Those guys are legit linebacking core. The defensive line lost some guys not just from graduation but also from the transfer portal. So there's going to be a couple opportunities up front. Uh, Huskies did a pretty good job rushing the quarterback last year. But, again, they lost some guys. So there's some opportunities On the defensive line, some guys that can step up and make their name. Um, And the defensive backs, uh, Jake, they're young. Mm -hmm. They're young. They're excited about what they have in the secondary, but they're a young core. They were young last year, and a lot of the guys got some playing time. Uh, The guys like us that follow NIU and been around the team, we're hoping they kind of take the next step. Like, okay, you got – um, you know, got some games that maybe you didn't think you were going to start last year. Notch, you got some games under your belt, hoping you can make the move to be more of a leader back there because, again, the Huskies lose a little bit of what they had back there, some seniors. They're young, but they got some playing time, so we're hoping that they make the next step and, and can um, to make some plays, make some get some interceptions. I think that's another thing that NIU will be looking to try to do more defensively is get takeaways. I think they had opportunities. To get some takeaways and then take advantage of them, of them last year, I think this is what they're looking for this year, to get some playmakers that can make some plays, get some interceptions. But it all starts in the middle of and That linebacking core, it's legit, and uh, it's really the, the, the strong part of that defense. <laughs>
1: wanted to talk to you about the trenches a little bit here. Offensive and defensive line, obviously those are the kind of the backbone of most teams. It looks like on the offensive side, Marcus Cox kind of leads the way as a tackle slash guard. And on the defensive side, Weston Kramer leading the way there in doing my research about NIU. Uh, are, there, are they going to be strong in the trenches? How are they looking up front?
2: I think, again, you've got some guys, like you mentioned, Weston Kramer, 55, is going to be a senior this year. he got a lot of playing time. He really stepped up last year, uh, too. But other guys got playing time. Michael Kennedy. DeMond Taylor is going to be legit. Redshirt freshman. We'll probably hear a lot about him this year. Uh, some of the other names got some playing time, Jake. But, again, it's an opportunity for them to make more of a name for themselves. So I, In the camp, uh, I think there's going to be opportunities to – You know, make that starting lineup. And you you talked about Kramer. He's going to be up there, but I think some guys around him, due to the transfer portal, they lost a couple guys and to some seniors leaving and graduating. I think there's an opportunity where they got some playing time, Mm -hmm. but who wants to step up there? I mean, they, again, did an okay job getting against the, the run and. I uh, get to the quarterback. But I think, again, they lose some of those guys. So now who's going to be the next to step up? Who's going to take the opportunity uh, to get more playing time? And I think, again, that's what we're going to need to see in camp is who's going to take that next step. Um, uh, on the offensive side, yeah, Cox is a guy you're going to hear a lot about. It's, again, a line that's going to be very good more in the future. Mm-hmm. And I do think they still have some guys up front that are good. Again, NIU lost uh, – a couple to to graduation that were there for a couple of years that were just solid on the old line. But I think they still feel comfortable about protecting the quarterback with the line that they're going to have. Um, again, one thing about NIU, Jake, that has kind of helped them in the Mac in my opinion for the last couple of years, and it's kind of put NIU over a lot of the other teams in the Mac is the depth and NIU has been able to recruit. So you've got, you know, if you got four, then you know, you know you got your top five or your six offensive linemen. You've got backups that can just play just as well or be up there, and you're not worried about what happens when they come in. That is what's helped NIU. Now the depth now is going to be tested a little bit because of what has happened, but I think these guys have been able to get tested with some game time and played in some big conference games. That it will help them. They may get more playing time than they've ever seen, but it will help to see who can be up there and who NIU can count on to start that I think is the key that's why camp I think is so important for this NIU team Jake because there's so many questions about youth that who wants to be up who wants to be the next guy that can help out this team and that I think that's why we're all interested to kind of see what happens this first couple weeks in camp
1: all right Andy let's wrap things up here uh obviously Thomas Hammock his first year five and seven what is the goal or what will be a successful season for NIU this coming season
2: well, they definitely want to make a bowl game. I mean, that's the one step. You know, five and seven, close last year, not getting to where you wanted to be for that. I mean, this is a team in the past. This is tradition here, Jake. These guys play for Mac West titles and go to the Mac Championship. This is a team that's been there six straight years, just a couple years to the Mac Championship game in Detroit. This team wins a lot, so they know five and seven is not good enough. They're looking for at least seven wins this year. They want to be. Um, in the hunt for the MAC West, uh, the schedule starts out uh, at Iowa. I'm sorry, at home uh, to Rhode Island, but then at Iowa, they go to they go to Maryland this year. So you got a couple Big Ten teams. So you start out with Rhode Island at Maryland. Then they have a MAC game at Eastern Michigan before they go to Iowa. So you got a conference game early, but they need some success early in the season. They need to find some offense and, and find some things that work early in the season, but they need at least seven wins. I think that's what they're looking for, at least seven. Find your way, fighting in the MAC West, and trying to get back to a bowl game. That, was, um, you know, that doesn't happen a lot in the last, what, 10 years for right now, you not being at a bowl game. They want to get back to a bowl game, and I think they're on their way. I think Coach Hammock learned a lot last year. And, again, your second year, you kind of now know what's going on, and I think we're expecting some nice things in DeKalb. It's always a fun team to, to be around, and I'm expecting the same thing this year.
1: Well, Andy, can't thank you enough for taking the time. excited to see that game out there in October, regardless if it's in DeKalb or if it's in the greater Chicagoland area out there at SeatGeek Stadium. We're looking forward to it, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Jake, anytime. Have a great one. There you go. Looks like Northern Illinois looking to move up in the Mac, get back into contention as a Mac power, obviously concerned about if the season is going to take place this year. I thought Andy had some great thoughts on that. Great thoughts on the personnel for Northern Illinois and looking forward to seeing this game in October. Like I said, the game being moved back from SeatGeek Stadium in the there in Bridgeview in the greater Chicago area back to Husky Stadium into Cal Illinois, the home stadium for Northern Illinois and looking forward to that game regardless this and a big thank you to Andy for joining us on the podcast. It was great to hear from him. We'll do more of these in the coming weeks, as I've talked about. We do these in reverse order of the schedule for BYU. So we started out with, with Stanford as our first of these opponent preview series, and we'll just continue to knock them off week by week. And a big thank you to Andy Garcia for joining us here. If you'd like to follow him on Twitter, you can do so. It's A Garcia In Sports a Garcia in sports. let let him know, tweet at him and thank him for coming on the podcast. It was great to hear from him and looking forward to speaking with him more as this game between the Huskies and the Cougars gets a little bit closer. All right, way over time on today's podcast, a big thank you once again for your support of the show. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out. At Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out to me, there is at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, anytime you want, you can email the show. The email address is lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the podcast. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 9th, 2020. And we will talk to you tomorrow.